0: A very small boy, only two, marched onto to the set of the Mike Douglas show back in 1978. He wore short pants and was adorably cute, with bright brown eyes and a little golf bag over his shoulder with three clubs in it. The boy's father accompanied him. This tall, good-looking black man sported a red turtleneck, gold chain, and an afro in the Mod Squad style of the 1970s. "'Ladies and gentlemen, Earl and Tiger Woods,' announced Mike Douglas, the host of what was then America's most popular daytime talk show. His eclectic roster of A-list celebrities included the likes of John Lennon, John Wayne, Malcolm X, Frank Sinatra, and the yippee anarchist Jerry Rubin. The tall, affable host had his own fans.' the only white man who ever made me moist, according to Eddie Murphy's randy 300-pound grandma character in The Nutty Professor. Two Hollywood legends, Jimmy Stewart and Bob Hope, co-hosted the day the toddler tiger appeared. It made for a funky, crazy quilt of Americana, the two aging white movie stars looking a bit awkward in their sidekick roles, the tiny Southern California golf prodigy with his black father and Thai mother, The studio audience laughed and applauded when the small boy gripped a club and smacked the ball straight into an indoor net. That tiger was a little brown kid in what most Americans still thought of as a lily-white sport only added to the novelty. Surely few viewers realized that they were witnessing a handover of the celebrity superstar baton. This toddler was not to be one of those child prodigies who flames out under unbearable expectations. Tiger would become perhaps the greatest golfer ever, and among the world's most famous faces. By his early thirties, he was a one-man multinational company with enormous tournament winnings, corporate endorsements galore, the Tiger Woods EA Sports video game franchise, and numerous other ventures. Forbes magazine heralded Woods as the first athlete to earn $1 billion. He and his blonde-haired, blue-eyed wife, Ellen Nordgren, seemed the poster couple for a shiny new post-racial America with their two young children, two dogs, and the fabulous riches of Tiger's golfing empire. All that changed in 2009. On the day after Thanksgiving, the news broke that Tiger had been in a car accident the night before. He'd crashed his black Cadillac Escalade into a fire hydrant just beyond the driveway of his and Ellen's luxury home in a Florida-gated community. Only a few days before, a story in the National Enquirer had linked Tiger to a New York nightclub hostess. Now speculation began that Tiger and Ellen had fought on Thanksgiving night, this somehow leading to his crash. In the following weeks, in fact, More than a dozen women came forward with tales of trysting with Tiger, among them a former reality show contestant, a waitress, and a lingerie model. The scandal became headline news in People, U.S., and Inside Edition, as well as in supposedly more highbrow publications like the New York Times, not to mention fodder for countless jokes, blog posts, chatroom debates, and family conversations over holiday dinner. A Google search for Tiger Woods Scandal quickly generated over one million hits. That a famous golfer's sex life should have garnered more coverage than, say, the latest about global warming or the war in Afghanistan, was a peculiar and perhaps disturbing sign of the times. Millions followed Tigergate's latest twists, but others were indeed disgusted that it received so much attention and attempted to ignore the whole affair. As an anthropologist, however, I had a special interest in Tiger's troubles. I teach a class about the anthropology of sports and, coincidentally, had been doing research about golf's strange, sometimes surprising role in modern American society. I'd long been fascinated by Tiger, owning the dubious distinction of having organized the first and only academic conference about the great golfer's role as a cultural icon and global brand.